covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast, powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. I'm your host. I'll be with you for the next, I will see, 45 minutes to an hour or so as we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball. I have a couple great guests that are going to be on the program today. We'll get to that in just a moment. But as always, I do want to say thank you for being tuned in. If you ever want to uh, reach back out tw- uh, in this direction, you can always tweet at me. If you want to follow me on Twitter, that's great. But uh, feel free to tweet at me, at Matt Pauley Radio, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio, and we can continue the conversation. If you have comments about the podcast in general or want to give your two cents on something that we talk about on the program, certainly uh, welcome your comments uh, on Twitter. Also, you can always drop me an email if you would like, matt.pauley at WTMJ.com. Here's what is on the program today. Our social media conversation will be coming up in just a few moments, and we are going to be joined this week by uh, Travis Sarandos. He, uh, he's all over the place, uh, beyond the box score, Disciples of Euchre, uh, Brew Crew Ball. You can read him uh, absolutely everywhere. So he is going to be joining us coming up in uh, just a while. Uh, we will also be joined by Chris Harris. Harris is the broadcaster for the Biloxi Shuckers, the AA affiliate of the Brewers. So he'll be coming up in just a little while as well. It's been an interesting week, to say the least, for the crew. When you look at their series at New York, they lose the first two games of that series, but then they come back and they win the next two. And then they open up their series against the Dodgers. And you can argue that they should have swept the Dodgers. Their losses on Friday and Saturday were as tough a losses as you have seen all season long. And this is a team that has suffered some some pretty rough losses. Uh, they take a one nothing lead on Friday into the ninth inning. Corey Knable blows the save, and then Neftali Feliz comes on, and he gives up the go-ahead run in the 12th inning, and they end up losing that game, and that's tough enough. But then you come back the next night, and you end up losing 10-8 when you give up a five spot in the ninth inning, including a grand slam. It, the, the team suffered tough losses. And look, there's there's issues that you can pick apart in each of those games, and we did a fair share of that uh, on our post-game show on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings, not the podcast, just the regular show. And that's this isn't really the forum to do that, but sure, there were issues in those games. Uh, but the, the, the flaws of the team also were somewhat exposed. It, it, it's a team that still needs help in the bullpen. You know, when Corey Knable and Jacob Barnes are not available and when Neftali Feliz, who is supposed to be a closer or a high-leverage guy, has not been overly effective and you've got another guy in the bullpen and Willie Peralta who's still transitioning into the bullpen, there's some issues there and there's some inconsistencies there. And it's just it's it's the way things are right now with this team. Might that change if they continue to play well, continue to be in contention for a playoff spot? Is there a possibility they could make a, a small move or two to help the bullpen? Yeah, that's possible. But it's also possible that they don't do anything or they continue to treat this year as just another year uh, in the rebuild. And, and that's going to be an interesting thing to see how it plays out. Because against a team like the Dodgers, you saw uh, the Brewers try to win some close games, and and they're still not there. 
they're still a team that you know that's that's part of their game that is continuing to develop. Now, something that is there for the Brewers absolutely is there, and it was it was there last year as well, and it's completely a reflection of manager Craig Council. It's a team that doesn't get knocked down. It's a team that doesn't give back, give you know, give up. It's a team that continues to fight on a day in day out basis, and they jump back on Sunday and they defeat the Dodgers three nothing, and they get a really good, uh, really strong pitching performance from Zach Davies, and just continues to show their ability to bounce back. We record this on Sunday night, so the Brewers will begin a four game series against the Giants starting on Monday, and that's going to be a telling series because San Francisco is struggling this year, but they're still the San Francisco Giants, and they still have a whole bunch of talent. So it's going to be a fun week this upcoming week. We'll preview it more towards the end of uh, the podcast. Uh, This past week, though, there's certainly been some adversity. Thank goodness they were able to win that game on Sunday. It doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter. There's always news about the Brewers. Let's look back at the week that was with Matt's Headlines of the Week. Not a ton of headlines uh, this week, as it was more about the games that were played than anything else, and we got into that in our last segment. Uh, a few a few notables. Matt Garza appears to possibly be headed to the disabled list. Certainly looks like he's going to uh, miss a start. Nothing official yet. Uh, as we record this on Sunday night, he is set to be reevaluated on Monday, and we'll know more uh, by then. So if you're listening to it uh, later in the week, this might be outdated information. But uh, Garza had a uh, had a situation where on uh, in Saturday's game, he, there was a play over to first base, and uh, there was nobody really took charge. Jesus Aguilar was the player at first, and Garza was coming to the bag at first, and you couldn't really tell if Aguilar wanted to take it himself or if he was going to underhand it to uh, Garza going to cover. Anyways, Garza stops, Aguilar doesn't, and when Aguilar keeps going, and Aguilar. And he's a big boy. Uh, he, as he kept running, he made solid contact on Matt Garza and got him right in the chest. Uh, Garza referred to it on on Sunday. I don't mean to laugh, but uh, I mean it's just it's not a situation you want to be in. Getting hit by Jesus Aguilar, he's a big dude, and uh, Garza, you know, said he felt like he'd been you know hit by a truck or in a car accident, whatever term he he fit, he used on on Sunday, and he's he's. He is walking around quite gingerly, so there is a chance that he is not going to make his next start. And look, that that opens up some questions. I believe we have passed the Super 2 for Josh Hader. Does he get an opportunity to come up? Does a Brandon Woodruff, based off what he's been able to do, come up? Does Jorge Lopez, who's been at A, come up? Uh, do they go with Espino again, who already has uh, one start? Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of options. There's really no off days right around here for the Brewers, so they can't go down to four. So if Garza misses a start, who they have come up and start for them, uh, that could end up be, being something uh, fairly interesting. The, the other notable thing from the week is we don't have anything to tell you in terms of Ryan Braun and when he might be coming back. Uh, Braun continues to be out with uh, what was a calf injury, and he's um, 
there you know he's eligible to come off the disabled list this week but you don't get the sense that that is going to happen adam mccalvey wrote about it for uh, mlb.com uh, and craig council said that Braun's stint on the disabled list is going to be longer than 10 days how much longer than 10 days they don't really know he just continues to go through his rehab so you get the sense it still might be a little while till ryan braun is able to uh return to the lineup and uh, the team you know, ha- has played for the most part okay without Braun in the lineup. But that 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 lineup's a lot more dangerous with him in there, especially with him healthy. You know, the last time he came back uh, for a couple games, he didn't look right. He wasn't healthy yet. And another question, another choice they're going to have to make with Braun is once he is able to come back, does he go on a minor league rehab assignment? And where does he go? It probably is more based upon. Uh, who's playing home games just so they can control that situation as best as possible. But uh, there's still a bit of a road in front of Ryan Braun for him to be able to uh, to get back into the lineup for the Brewers. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile, does continue. And right now, we're very happy as we uh, get our social media conversation underway to uh, welcome in a guy that you can read uh, over at uh, Beyond the Box Score, Disciples of Euchre, also uh, Brew Crew Ball. You can follow him on Twitter at Travis underscore MKE. It is uh, Travis Sarandos. Travis, appreciate you taking some time. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. An interesting past week. We recorded this on Sunday night, and over the course of last week, uh, the Brewers split a series uh, on the road, and then they come back and they win two of the or they lose two of the toughest games that they've lost all year long in the first two games of the Dodgers series. A couple games they probably should have won before finishing out the series on Sunday with a win. Uh, what did we learn about this Brewers team maybe in the past week? Well, I think we learned that. The bullpen definitely needs some help. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be something that comes from any trade deadline moves. I don't think they're at that point where they're going to be buying stuff like that just yet. But maybe we can see, you know, somebody like Michael Blazik down at uh, AAA has been having a really nice time over the last month or so. Um, So maybe we see him get a call up and get a shot back in the bullpen. Um, I know he had a rough 2016, um, but he was pretty effective for them two years ago. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, like you said, a couple rough losses on Friday and Saturday, and um, definitely you can blame both those on the bullpen. So maybe we see some movement there. Yeah, you know it's interesting. I I took a lot of phone calls and a lot of text messages and tweets uh, on uh, on Saturday night after the Carlos Torres game where he gives up five runs in the ninth inning, including a grand slam. And the point I was trying to make was. What what would have been the better option? Because you did not have Canable uh, or Barnes available, and, and no nobody's really come up with a good answer. So outside of having different personnel in that bullpen, what, what is there a better answer to handle what happened on uh, Saturday night? I don't think there is. I think you answered it, and it's and it's different personnel. I think you know, given that they had a they had a extra innings game the night before, Canable um, was off limits, Barnes was off limits. Um, they just they didn't have anyone else to turn to. Um, you know, maybe you, you try to stick somebody else out there once, you know, he puts a bunch of guys on. But, you know, all of, all four runs came in in one swing. So, you know, the way they weren't able to get once once that happened, it wasn't it was it was, it was too late. 
a common question, and look, this is a team that's still in first place as we speak, but uh, also a team that you, know, you wouldn't think is going to make any type of major move. But we're coming up on the point where you know some of these guys who are top 30 prospects are probably not going to be added to the 40-man roster, and you might have to expose them to other teams. Has the organization come along far enough that maybe you take some of those guys who you, you'd probably lose anyways and see what you can get out there and, and maybe get some uh, bullpen help? Well, I mean, I, just because they're in a rebuild doesn't mean that they can't make moves to to help the major league roster. And not and all these guys in the top thirty prospect list are untouchable. Um, you know, they've got a surplus in the outfield. Obviously, we've got um, a couple of guys in Lewis Brinson, Ryan Cordell down in AAA who um, don't really have that much left to prove. Uh, they're tearing the cover off the ball down there, and normally you'd see a, a guy like Brinson up by this point. Um, and there's just nowhere to play him. You know, they could bring him up for a couple weeks here while Ron's on the DL, um, but then you got to send him back down again or try to find him at bats or put him on the bench, and they're not going to bring him up to put him on the bench. So you've got some outfielders that they can work with. So, you know, you, you might see some of those guys down. Not You're not going to see the top guys go. Uh, you're not going to see, I don't think, a Corey Ray or, I guess, a Brinson, anybody like that, uh, get traded away from the organization. But you could see some guys further down the list, uh, a guy like Kyle Wren maybe who um, is close and has, has done just about as much as he can do at the upper levels of uh, the minor leagues, and he just isn't getting an opportunity here. You could see him uh, perhaps uh, get dealt out for, you know, again, a, a relief arm. I've had a lot of questions from people saying, when are we going to see Lewis Brinson? When are we going to see Josh Hader? And my answer up until, you know, in the last week or so was, well, we can't even talk about it until we pass the Super 2 date. Now that we're into June, I assume that uh, we have passed that date, so I'll, I'll throw that same question that I get your way. Do you think we'll see any of those top-level prospects, whether it's Brinson, whether it's Hader, you know, whoever else it might be, do you think we might see those guys sooner than later? Well, like I said, with Brinson, they're not going to bring him up until they're ready to hand over a job to him every day. Uh, Domingo Santana, obviously, he was one of the guys who this was going to be a make-or-break year for him coming into the season, and I think it's been a make-year. He had another home run today. He's been he's been outstanding on offense this season. Uh, Keon Broxton's been uh, pretty good, serviceable. He's streaky at times, but he's been pretty good in center field. Obviously, they have Ryan uh, in left. So, you know, on, unless unless Ryan Braun's injury is long-term, longer-term than we think it's going to be, or he gets traded, I don't really see Brinson coming up anytime soon. Because, again, I, I don't think they want to bring him up unless they're ready to play him every day. Uh, Josh Hader, I, I doubt he's going to be brought up either. I know there's been some chatter about maybe bringing him up and letting him try to help out in the bullpen, but I don't think they, they want to do that to his development just yet. He's been, you know, he pitched two innings on Sunday. They've been really limiting his innings. And then the other side of it was uh, Matt Garza, it looks like he might be headed to the disabled list. He was really, you know, walking around gingerly after the game on Sunday, after he had the collision Saturday. If they do need to fill just one start, uh, would, you know, I, I understand the idea with, with Brinson. You don't want to bring him up and send him back down. Once Brinson gets here, you want him to be there and you want him playing every day. Maybe it's a little bit different with pitchers. Do you think they would even consider if uh, if Garza can't make that next start, 
giving Hader an opportunity to make come up and make one start in his spot? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a possibility. Uh, Paulo Espino has been up here once to make a spot start, um, so he'll obviously be in consideration that well, and, and that as well. He didn't pitch all that well um, in that start, but, you know, uh, tough to come up uh, for your first shot in the major leagues uh, at, at 37 years old and, and and perform right away, although obviously Junior Guerra did it last year. Um, so I think, yeah, he could be in line. Um, it's, it's hard to say what their thinking is with him, um, so I don't really know. We've seen starting pitching seemingly really take a step forward, especially Zach Davies pitched really well on Sunday. Chase Anderson has a good starts his last couple times out. Uh, Jimmy Nelson uh, was becomes the first pitcher in Brewers history to have back-to-back games with 10-plus strikeouts and no walks. Is what As you've watched this starting pitching all of a sudden kind of turn on, at least with those three guys, and obviously Junior Guerra has been good as well, but uh, how much better do you feel about the starting pitching right now than maybe you did even a week ago, two weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, they've looked a lot better. Obviously, getting Junior Guerra back is great, and it's it's fun to when you think about the fact that this was a team that was in first place before they got their ace back, and now they get him back and they add him to add him to the rotation. Jimmy Nelson has looked a lot better the last two weeks, um, and, you know, he's been struggling for a couple of years now, so, it's it, you know, we have to see a little bit more from him before we're able to say, okay, he's turned a corner in his career. Uh, Chase Anderson has obviously made some adjustments to uh, the way that he throws. He's got a different arm slot, and it seems to be paying off. Obviously, he had the the deep uh, no-hit run uh, earlier uh, in the week. So, yeah, um, it looks great. And, unfortunately, Matt Garza, he was pitching pitching okay. Um, He had a rough start. Um, He had a rough start last time out a little bit. But, um, you know, we'll see who who replaces him if he does end up on the DL. But yeah, definitely the starting pitching has looked uh, looked pretty great over the last couple of weeks, and it's definitely kept them in games, especially with a little bit of a downturn in the offensive production. Again, we are continuing to talk with uh, Travis Sarandos. Uh, you can read him. Absolutely uh, all over the place, beyond the box score, Disciples of Euchre, uh, Brew Crew Ball. Just a few more questions for him uh, before we let him go here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Uh, Probably the biggest debate going on right now amongst Brewers fans is the Jonathan VR versus Eric Sogard debate. Uh, VR is a more dynamic player, but has yet to show it this season, has not gone back to the form of last year. Sogard is putting up better numbers this year. The team is undefeated when he's the leadoff guy. Uh, how how should the Brewers uh, handle this situation uh, at second base between VR and Sogard going forward? But I think with a couple players like them, uh, I think you just have to go with the hot hand. And, and obviously, right now that's Eric Sogard. He's really been a spark plug, uh, as you said, from the leadoff uh, role, getting on base a ton. And VR is just not doing that. He's striking out too much right now and that you can't have that from the guy at the top of the order. So, obviously, he's been kicked down to the bottom of the order. And Stilgard's been able to really provide um, provide that offense at the top of the order to help kickstart the offense. So, I think, yeah, right now you just go with the hot hand, and that's obviously Eric Stilgard. You um you wrote so I want to go back to pitching for just a second because you had an interesting piece uh, recently over at Beyond the Box Score and you uh you wrote about Chase Anderson and specifically his uh, his added velocity uh, this season which is uh, which is notable 
and uh, how he got maybe to this point. Can you talk to me a little bit about uh, about that piece and what was interesting about what Chase Anderson has done to kind of turn himself into what he is, uh, at least at the moment? Yeah, there was a couple things that I noticed. Again, as you mentioned, the velocity he had about uh, about a one mile per hour added to pretty much every pitch across the board, which is significant. Uh, again, um, the arm slot had changed. He brought his... Uh, horizontal arm slot down about a foot um, so he's he's coming from a different arm slot which is obviously working for him is putting some extra movement on some of his breaking pitches and he was also locating pitches a little bit differently especially against right-handers um, previously prior to this season he had been locating a lot of his pitches down and away um, and allowing uh, guys to sort of extend and get their bat around those pitches and really get their full power behind them and this year, um, at least when I wrote the piece uh, about a month ago, uh, the data back then showed that he was really starting to pound the ball inside and high uh, and starting to saw saw those hitters' hands off and, and not let them get their full extension out. Um, and saw that manifest itself with a, a much lower hard, uh, hard hit percentage and uh, keeping the ball in the ballpark. You do a lot of, you know, whether it's game recaps or just kind of you know, the the normal baseball kind of writing for, for Disciples of Euchre and Brew Crew Ball. But uh, the stuff you do with uh, Beyond the Box Score, I mean, that's a that's a really interesting side, and I think people can maybe, you know, head to it and just spend so much time going back and, and reading breakdowns in, in maybe ways that you, you don't normally read. How much do you enjoy being able to kind of go a lot deeper and maybe down a different avenue with the stuff you do for them? Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it's it's a community of some really incredible writers over there um that you know a lot of we have a lot of alumni from beyond the box score that are working in baseball front offices right now so there's a lot of really smart people a lot of great writers and uh it's a lot of fun to just collaborate with them and to to be able to dive deep into some of the stuff that maybe obviously it goes beyond the box score (laughs) as is the name of the site so it's nice to yeah sort of dig in and, and really try to find not just, you know, what's happening, but try to f- figure out why it's happening. Great stuff. Uh, again, you can read Travis Beyond the Box Score, Disciples of Euchre, Brew Crew Ball. Uh, follow him uh, on Twitter and, and just see everything he's got going on uh, at Travis underscore MKE. Travis, thanks so much for uh, taking some time with us. We uh, really appreciate it and uh, look forward to getting you back on the podcast again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. The future of the Brewers organization has never been more important than it is right now. It's time to get an inside look at what's taking place throughout the Brewers minor league affiliates as we go down on the farm. It is time to go down on the farm, and we're very happy to uh, welcome back on to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile, the uh, broadcaster for the Brewers AA affiliate the uh, Biloxi Shuckers, that is uh, Chris Harris. Chris, appreciate you taking some time. How are you doing today? Hey, doing well anytime, and uh, you'll be battling some rain down here on the Gulf Coast, but our team's playing pretty well. Yeah, let's uh, let's get into the rain, and you and I were talking a little bit before we started recording. It's been, uh, whether it's been uh, delays, uh, postponements, or then on the other side of it, just playing a ton of baseball, like a 14-inning game, it seems like there's something different every single day. How is that uh, affecting the team right now? 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of life in the liners, you know, fortunately or unfortunately. And uh, you brought up a good point a while ago. You said, you know, it's gonna, these guys appreciate the uh, uh, the roof at Miller Park a whole lot more. But <laughs> having to play through the rain and, and, and have to suffer through a lot of these rain delays. And uh, we, we finished the series at home in which we had to battle, you know, rain all five days. We got all five games in, which was pretty remarkable. Our field uh, held up extremely well. And, and then our first uh, game today, we're playing uh, the Mississippi Braves, which is about two hours north, uh, the greater Jackson, Mississippi area. And I got to the sixth inning down six to one, and uh, the, the floods uh, uh, came back to us, and we couldn't uh, finish the ball game. It was a rain-shortened game. But, uh, you know, it's the nature of the beast. When you when you live where we do in the south, and, and you have to kind of endure these uh, afternoon showers, and as, as the summer rolls on, the humidity picks up. It, it just gets a little bit worse. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you were facing Chris Medlin on Sunday as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it was it was really interesting to see him uh, on the probables. He's, he's trying to make uh, his return after a couple of years in Kansas City. That uh, He got a World Series ring out of that. But, you know, today he looked pretty good. His fastball, uh, you know, velocity was, honestly, it stayed below 90 for most of the game, but his command was a lot better. And uh, we got to him in the first inning uh, uh, Sunday and uh, – Jacob Nottingham had, a, had an RBI single against him, but he kind of settled down after that. He, he retired about 10 straight guys, and it was mono mono with uh, Jorge Lopez for a while, but they pulled away, and, uh, you know, hopefully for him, he's at 31, and I give him a lot of credit because he could have retired, and uh, he's sticking with it, and he's uh, riding the bus with the, the, the minor league guys and trying to get back to the big leagues. The Biloxi roster is kind of interesting as it's uh, there's obviously young guys and prospects, but there's some older guys around too. And uh, whether it's a, an Aaron Wilkerson or a Forrest Snow or a Michael Reed, now because we've, we've talked about Reed's situation before, but I want to ask you about those sure. couple pitchers. And let's start with Snow because I mean, this is a guy that uh, you know I saw a lot of when when I was broadcasting Triple A ball, and here he is playing Double uh, A ball. What's it been like sure. for him? Uh, you know, being being in the situation now that he's in. I think he's. I think he's. You know, happy that he has a job. Um, you know, there's a lot of pitchers his age that are, uh, they may be pitching, and and but usually it's in you know independent baseball. I think you know the Brewers saw you know what he brings to the table, and it's kind of like a Swiss Army knife of of pitching. You know, he can he can start. Uh, he can you know be a middle innings guy. He can uh, you know finish games if you need that, and he and he's really done a nice job. He's he's struck out a lot of batters this year. He's come into some situations where we needed an out, and he's come into some situations where he's had to go, you know, three, four, five things. And uh, I think he's more than willing to do that. You know, as his time with the Mariners, the seven years, you know, he was with Seattle. He's a Seattle native. Uh, he did do pretty much all those things. So I think he's was one of those guys that they signed in the offseason. Uh, that I thought was a great signing because he's a good organizational guy. Reminds me a lot of, you know, Tim Dillard. Uh, you know, can do anything and is a great clubhouse guy and someone, you know, that can that can be a leader on the team. Aaron Wilkerson is one half of the Aaron Hill trade, and actually both halves are there, and we'll yep. get to the other half here in a second. But uh, Aaron Wilkerson, he's had some really good performances a couple times out ago. He went six and two-thirds, allowing a run on four hits. Here's another guy who's pitched his fair share of triple-A ball. He's back at double-A. Kind of the same question with him. How's he handling things? Oh, fantastic. And, and Aaron's, uh, you know, just an outstanding human being. He he missed a turn and a half in the rotation uh, with his wife having, uh, his wife Hannah having their first uh, child, a baby girl, uh, Ava. So he's, uh, 
he's now a father and, and doing that for the first time. So it's been a whirlwind, you know, month and a half for him, but he's already won a Southern League Pitcher of the Week award. And, you know, he, he should be, you know, pitching well at this level. He's, he's above the, uh, you know, the, the age of, of most guys in this league, but, uh, you know, he's, he's doing well. He's not doing anything that's, you know, sexy that jumps off the page at you, but he's throwing a lot of strikes. He's commanding all of his pitches well. And, uh, you know, the results are there. The other guy from that uh, Aaron Hill trade last year, which is kind of a, a forgotten trade in many ways, but uh, Wendell Rio, a guy who was uh, a top 30 prospect when the trade occurred, but uh, he's not on that list now, mainly because the right. Brewers' top 30 list is is so stacked. I, I think he, he just played for the first time in a while uh, today, Sunday. Uh, right. Can you tell me what's going on with him? Yeah, Wendell, Wendell's, you know, become kind of one of those org guys and of course he's still young he's, he's young when it comes to uh you know the the level at, at you know 21 years old but he's serving as basically that utility guy he can you know play the outfield if need be he can you know play the infield and uh, he was activated to our roster today when michael reed went on the disabled list uh tweaked his ankle uh, in our game on on saturday night in, in biloxi uh, but for wendell uh you know I don't know what his ceiling is. You know, I think he's probably behind, obviously, a lot of great young middle infielders in this organization. But you know, he like Javier Betancourt, who has also fallen out of that you know top thirty range because of the trades and different things. Uh, you know, has has some upside. And you know, I'll throw out Betancourt for a second because he had I thought he had a tremendous month of May. And a lot, I know a lot of people, you know, because he was uh, the return for for K Rod when the trade was made and. You know, Javier had a horrible month of April, but this month of May was was great. He had three fifty five and uh, played some pretty good defense too. You mentioned Michael Reed going to the DL, but his numbers last time we talked they were okay, especially from a power standpoint. But the average wasn't there. The average has dropped right. even more. It's down to to two fifteen. Sure. Here's a guy who's been a big league call up the last couple of years. Is this a? Um, I'm not trying to you know get you to call David Stearns and make a move, but is this a situation where maybe Michael Reed would be uh, better suited to 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 find a, a new organization just because of who is in front of him in this one? I mean. You know, Michael. Michael's going to play hard wherever he is, no matter what. Um, you know, I think. I think what you just said is something that you know a lot of people are thinking about. Um, you know, I, I. You know, having been around Michael for you know now almost two years, he was with us in 2015, and then uh, you know, obviously this year, uh, you know, he 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 does all the right things. He puts more work in than, than anybody. Uh, so for for fans out there to say maybe he's down here and not not giving it, you know, everything he has, that's Totally not the case. In fact, maybe it's uh, maybe too much of the opposite. Maybe mm-hmm. he's he's pressing maybe a little bit too much. But um, you know, for Michael, it, it it's just been a, an unlucky season. He's swearing the ball up a lot. If you look at you know the the Saber metrics, the exit velocities, he's hitting the ball hard. Uh, you know, the walks are there, but the strikeouts are there too. And and I think he's uh, kind of gone through a little bit of an identity crisis of what type of player. Uh, does he want to be? What type of player does the organization want him to be? Do, do they want him to be a, a power hitter? They, do they want him to be a, a patient hitter that you know has that high on base percentage that he's had for his entire career? So, uh, you know, it's, it was unfortunate on Saturday night. We, of course, we talked about the rain, and and he was you know going after a, a fly ball in right field and, and happened to slip on the grass a little bit and tweaked his ankle. So, you know, hopefully he won't be out too long and. Uh, you know, maybe it's good for him. Maybe it's good for him to to kind of take a little bit of a break and and come back and 
and get things going again. We're talking with Chris Harris. He is the broadcaster for the Biloxi Shuckers. Just a few more questions for him as we uh, continue to go down on the farm here on Brewers. Extra is the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Corbin Burns gets the call up. Uh, his first outing, he goes three and two-thirds hitless innings, four strikeouts, one walk. Uh, what's your first impression of Burns? Well, let's stick with rain. I mean, the only thing that could stop him in that debut was, was, was rain. That was game two of our doubleheader on Thursday night, and you know, that was the game where we had a, a delay in between games because there was kind of some rain coming and, and weren't sure whether, you know, the game would start would start in the rain or not. We got started, and then in the fourth inning, unfortunately, the, the rains came and, and paused the game for over two hours, and he had to call his, his evening done after three and two-thirds. But of that three and two-thirds, he was impressive. I mean, you know, we'd, we'd seen the highlights of you know, that fastball-slider combination and, uh, I like his athleticism on the mound. You know, he he's not a, your prototypical pitcher. I know one of the, the guys he looked up to and told me was Colby Lewis, uh, and he kind of has that athlete mentality on the mound. He he was a you know infielder through high school and, and in college some, and um, he's just an ultimate competitor. And I'm really looking forward to watching him pitch. And and he kind of reminds me, you know, last year we had Brandon Woodruff come up at the end of May. He had the great start in in Brevard. The fringy twenty-inch prospect guy. Same thing with Burns. I mean, he's you know down that list a little bit, but man, what a what a start to the season he's had. And you know, he might be the the Brandon Woodruff in the Milwaukee Brewers organization this year, like Burns could be, uh, like he had last year. I'm trying to talk to you more about some of the guys that maybe we didn't talk about the last time, but uh, right. I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't mention Mauricio sure. Dubon. Here's a guy who just oh, yeah. continues to seemingly play really, really well. What what more is there to say now than there was maybe a month and a half, two months ago the last time we had you on? You know, it, it, it really is must-watch baseball. I mean, you know what's funny? You talk to, to some of our, our fans in Biloxi that, that saw Arcia in 2015. You know, every time Arcia came to the plate, his name was announced. You know, everybody kind of stopped and watched because you didn't know what was going to happen, you know, what he was capable of doing. And Dubon's kind of like that, you know. He, uh, just the flair he plays the game with. And, and, you know, when he gets on base, you know, is he going to uh, take off on the first pitch? I mean, he really plays fearless. Uh, he's smart. Uh, you know, he's he's the guy that if you're the opponent, you don't want to face. Uh, maybe not the the greatest athlete in the world. Maybe not the most talent in the world. But man, he's going to get after you for nine innings defensively, the pieces at the plate, and going to find ways to have some some success. And uh, you know, for him, he's just had a great year. He's already tied our, our club record. Of course, we're not an old club, obviously, for three years. But in the first uh, 55 games, he has 25 stolen bases mm. and. That's how many Reed and Arcia had in 2015. So he had 84 games remaining, <laughs> and he already has uh, tied the, the club record for uh, stolen bases in a, in a season. So uh, he he's fun to watch, man. I I, I really have, have enjoyed watching him just about as uh, much as any player that I've that I've seen. I've been around in this league for nine years. The team's sitting at 30 and 26. When you break down the numbers, though, a little bit and the way things have gone. Early May, there was a five-game win streak, then a three-game lose streak, then a six-game winning streak, five-game losing streak. A, uh, you guys it's just a won. Streaky team. Yeah, I mean, what's what? Why are they so streaky? You know, I it's one of those teams that, and and you get a lot of these teams in the minor leagues. You know, there's some young guys, and then just the mentality when you know when when you're going good, you're feeling good, you're you're feeling good, things are going well, and then when something goes bad, you know, sometimes. You know, you, you kind of get on that, oh, man, woe is me a little bit. So 
you know, this team, I think, is trying to mature and find their way a little bit. That's why you're seeing a, a little bit of a streaky uh, side to them. But, uh, you know, it, it's really crazy. I mean, it, it's tough a month of April that we've had and, uh, you know, the kind of big stuff that we've had. The, the defense hasn't been uh, that great at times. You know, we're, we're in the mix for a, for a division title. And, you know, the, the great thing about this about this league and, and this level of baseball is you play the two halves. So it keeps you interested. It keeps you in it for the entire uh, entire season, the 270 game has. So uh, it's going to be fun for these guys. You know, it gives them something to play for, you know, throughout the season. And, and I, I think they want to win a championship. So we'll see what happens. Last thing for you, you've mentioned to me before, Orlando RC is probably the most popular uh, shucker in, in, in the <laughs> club history. He's he's swinging a little better at the big league level. He had the eleven game hitting streak. He's got the average sure. up to two forty six. He was above two fifty at one point. Uh, just see, knowing what you know about him and watching him as much as you did, uh, what's sure. what what should Brewers fans be expecting of this guy? I mean, we know about his defense. It's it's as good as anybody's yeah. out there. But what what more should be expected of him as he continues to evolve into becoming really the big league player that he is? Yeah, I, I you know I watch him and. and you know, the, the brief amount of time that you get to because we're usually playing every time that, that the Brewers are. And, um, you know, I, I think Brewers fans should still be patient with him. I, I, I don't nearly think you've seen, uh, you know, the, the, the type of player that I think he eventually can be. And, and you know, we're, I was talking with some, some guys uh, about Dubon and where his future would be. And you look at the organization and, I mean, RC is 22 years old. He's still extremely young. He was brought up at, at at a really young age, and um, you know, it, it, I don't know that he's trying to uh, to maybe do things a certain way in the big leagues, but he's at his best when he's having fun, when he's uh, playing with that flair and, and kind of carefree. And uh, you know, I, I'd like to see him let loose and, and see what happens. Chris, folks want to check out uh, your guys' broadcast, or if people are looking to make a, a road trip to uh, Biloxi this summer and uh, come on out uh, to MGM Park. What's the give me uh, give me the, uh, the 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 shucker spiel before we let you go? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we have one of the most unique uh, parks in the country. You know, it's it's really remarkable sitting right on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and uh, one of the largest MGM resort casinos is, is services uh, our backdrop in right center field and. Uh, it's a unique place to come visit. If you've never been to uh, to Biloxi and seen what it has to offer, you should definitely do it. And uh, you know, come see this team, the young talent that we have here. It's a it's a great place to watch a, a ball game. But yeah, give us give us a look on the milb.tv. Uh, we have one of the best you know broadcasts in minor league baseball. And uh, check out the website biloxichuckers.com and listen to the games. And uh, follow us on Twitter. Shoot me a message. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, or uh, anything about these prospects, just just let us know. Chris is at Harris 731 on Twitter if you want to uh, give him a follow and go. interact a little bit. There you go. Chris, uh, great stuff. Appreciate the time, and uh, we'll catch up with you again here in the next uh, month, month and a half, two months, somewhere in there. Hey, appreciate it as always, and, and go Shuckers, go Brewers. That was Chris Harris. We appreciate him taking some time with us today as uh, he is the uh, voice of the Double uh, A Biloxi Shuckers. And again, he does a uh, he does a great job with those broadcasts. And uh, you should uh, check them out if you want over at the uh, Shuckers website or on TuneIn Radio, however uh, you uh, go about uh, getting the uh, the minor league broadcast. But always great to have Chris on. And it should be noted, we're recording this, as I've told you many times, on, on Sunday night. Uh, he they they got into uh, 
uh, they're on the road and they got into the new city on Sunday. They went straight to the ballpark. They played the game. It was a delayed start, dealing with rain and everything. Then they finally went to check in at the hotel after the game. Generally, you go to the hotel first and then go in, even when you get into a new city. They did the opposite of that, and uh, he is in charge of a lot of stuff in terms of the travel for the team. And uh, after all that, he still found time to uh, talk with me, so I really, really appreciate that. Here's the schedule for the upcoming week for the Brewers. They start with a uh, four-game series on Monday, welcoming in the the San Francisco Giants to uh, Miller Park. That's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday series. 6.40 for the start times on Monday. Then 7.10 on Wednesday. 1.10 on Thursday. Of course, you can hear all those games on WTMJ. Junior Guerra versus Jeff Samarja. Chase Anderson against Matt Kane and Jimmy Nelson against Ty Block are the pitching matchups for the first three. Johnny Cueto will pitch that fourth game on Thursday for the Giants. Matt Garza, the scheduled starter for the Brewers. We'll see if that happens to, uh, if that changes before then just based off his uh, injuries. And then after they are done with that series against San Francisco, they hit the road for a six-game trip. It starts with three games in Arizona against the Diamondbacks. After an off day, they'll play three more in St. Louis, and then they'll finally return back to uh, Miller Park on Monday, or excuse me, on Friday, June 16th, when they welcome in the San Diego Padres. All right, so that is going to do it uh, for the program today. Once again, we do want to say uh, thanks to the uh, folks who uh, joined us over the course of uh, the show. Uh, we had uh, Travis Sarandos uh, from all kinds of places, including uh, Disciples of Euchre and Brew Crew Ball and Beyond the Box Score. Also had uh, Chris Harris, the broadcaster for the Biloxi Shuckers. Thanks so much for uh, being tuned in. Again, if you got any comments, feel free to uh, contact me on Twitter at Matt Pauley Radio. That's M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y Radio. This has been another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. We'll catch up again next week. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.